Hi there, my name is Pav, and along with Jacob, I'm one of the hosts of the Top of Off podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to us have a chat about cricket and make fun of each other in the process. As a reminder, you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Hello, and um, you join us just over an hour before the start of play on day three of this uh, first test match between England and Pakistan. Um, what a woeful day for England. Uh, you join us as England are, are, are staring, def- staring into the barrel of defeat of this game. Um, and we will discuss that in this episode with more as well. Um, but for now, Jacob will bring us our overview of the day and then we'll get into it. Yeah, so Pakistan began yesterday batting um, with... Baba Azam and the immovable force that was Sean Massoud at the crease. Baba Azam failed to add to his overnight total before Jimmy Anderson threw a bit of a tempter up there. He went for a big cover drive, his trademark shot, and nicked it to second slip. Um, then Sh- Shafiq um, came in. I can't remember his first name. Assad Shafiq came in. Um, and didn't really hang around long. Only 32 balls before he was caught by Stokes off Broad for seven, uh, which brought Mohamed Rizwan to the crease. He never really settled either, lasting only 61 balls for nine runs before being caught behind off the bowling of Chris Wokes. However, this brought Shadab Khan to the crease. Um, Shadab Khan, the all-rounder in the Pakistan side and he did his job he came in he provided impetus he scored quickly a strike rate of uh, 59 in the end but I imagine it was much higher than that in the in the beginning of his innings it was the, it was the second highest strike rate of the Pakistani innings behind Babar Azam who notoriously scores runs quite quickly 45 for Shadab off 113 before he finally went for one big shot too many um tried to smack Don Bess over the top and just hit it straight up and got caught by Joe Root on 45. But he and Sean Massoud added over 100 runs to the partnership. I can tell you how many they ran, uh, They did, actually. It was 105. 105 run partnership between those two, uh, which really stalled England's momentum. This was the notorious hour after lunch um, England were woeful in the field. They didn't stop quick singles being taken by these two who ran almost scandalously. They they pinched singles everywhere. England couldn't seem to hit the stumps in the field. Um, missed chances. Joss Butler had another terrible day. He dropped another catch and missed a run out um, by chucking it about seven yards wide of both Stuart Broad and the stumps. So, really poor day for him. Um, Then Yassir Shah came to the crease, lasted a solid 26 balls, only made five runs, and then was trapped in front by Archer. Mohamed Abbas was then... um, He was then caught behind off Archer off the next ball. Um, So, not many. uh, (laughs) Not many runs for him. And then... Sean, uh, Sean Masood was the next to go with Shaheen Afridi at the crease with him. Sean Masood realised there wasn't really much time left 
um, kicked his scoring up a notch, had a couple of nice slog, a couple of huge sixes. Uh, one of them was unbelievable. It was massive, massive. Anyway, he reached a score of 156. His maiden test, 150. His third consecutive test, 100. Uh, joining Pakistani greats like Yunus Khan and um, I think, Wak- not Wakao Yunus, he was a bowler, but... Mizbaral Haq as well. Mizbaral Haq, yeah. To, to score three consecutive t- centuries in test matches. And he's the first one to do it, um, scoring any of those centuries against England. So, really big achievement for him. He also became one of only five all um, openers to score a century in English conditions. Um, those being KL Rahul, him, Chris Rogers. Uh, oh, I did remember it. <laughs> um, and two others. Yeah. But there's only five of them. He did really well. Um, and then... It was Shaheen Shah Afridi who got to be the, the man not out as Nassim Shah fell for naught. Yeah. He edged off his glove. He got caught the thumb of his glove on the ball and, and got caught behind off Butler. Um, however, I do need to make a small correction. I was looking in the wrong column. Uh, <laughs> Asad Shafiq faced 22 balls in 32 minutes, not 32 balls in 22 minutes. <laughs> and Mohamed Rizwan scored... Uh, Faced 41 balls. Anyway, we now move on to England's first innings. <laughs> I don't think I need to talk, talk about the number of balls faced. So Rory <laughs> Burns and Dom Sibley opened the batting. Uh, we were all quite keen to see what happened. Uh, Rory Burns and neither Burns nor Sibley had faced much left-handed pace bowling, uh, especially of the class of Shaheen Shah Freedy. Um, and then Sibley, obviously, with Mohammed Abbas, who nibbles the ball back in and that's somewhere Sibley's looked a bit uncertain before. So <laughs> Burns, having never faced really high class left arm pace before, um, steps way across his stumps, tries to withdraw his leg and gets caught LBW. Uh, after whipping one off his legs for four, he then fell for four after four balls in four minutes with one four. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, that, was, that was not good. Things only got worse as Dom Sibley, predictably, walked across his crease, Mohamed Abbas nipped one back in, and he was caught stone dead LBW. It was absolutely plum. Um, that brought Ben Stokes to the crease, and he, he and Root were together, and we all thought, oh, maybe just maybe they can stop the skid. Uh, ben Stokes managed seven balls before being bowled by a beauty by Mohamed Abbas, complete bail trimmer, plugging the podcast, obviously, for us. He hit the top of off. It was oh, fantastic. Completely skittled the stumps. Um, so that was Ben Stokes gone. Root and Pope then added a little bit to the score. Um, after Stokes went, they added another 50 runs. So as the 50 partnership came up, Root tried to cut away a ball from Yasir Shah, the leg spinner, which was just too full, got a yeah. little top edge on it, and Mohammed Rizwan, unlike Just Butler, made no mistake and caught the damn ball behind stump, leaving the England captain dismissed on 14. Um, then Butler came to the crease and very 
played very watchfully, lasted well through to the close. He's going to start this morning um, with 15 runs off 27 balls. But if if there was such a star, <clears throat> it was Arlie Pope. Yeah. He is 46 not out off 67 balls, strike rate of 68.6. He's a class player. He's hopefully kiss of death. We said this about his 100 when he got out on 92. But he should hopefully get his 50 tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, well, today, sorry. We should... Hopefully he can kick on and get a bit of a, a century. A hundred from him would be really useful. But he he's playing. He looked like he was playing on a completely different pitch to the rest of the England players. A couple of nervy shots, but mostly really well dealt with. A couple of very nice drives, mm-hmm. and a a lovely battle to see between him and Nassim Shah, who oh, yeah. are both future stars of their countries and will be playing against each other for a long time. So that's the uh, the roundup of the day. Pretty pathetic from England's point of very, view. Yeah, very a, poor from England. Um, bit of a damp squeal yeah. of, a, of an innings. But um, yeah, England really need to pull it together. And, and basically what they need, um, ultimately, is probably a, f- a hundred from Pope, a 50 from Butler, yeah. and then a Stuart Broad innings again of 50 or 60. And then... Yeah. They just need a, a few contributions from elsewhere, and then they might be in the game. Close um, to Pakistan's total. Um, they, I mean, I, I don't see them passing it, you know, by, by any great margin. Um, it's going to be hard for them just to get close. Actually, um, I think they'll they'll avoid the follow-on, um, and then it's just a matter of how many runs they can make up between the follow-on point and where Pakistan's, you know, uh, innings lead is. Um, uh, but it's not looking hopeful. No, not at all, really. Um, um, it's not good for England at the moment. Yeah, um, very poor. It was really poor. It was, it was just a poor... It was, it was just very yeah. bad. There's, there's no other way to describe it. I actually have a debate um, to open up with. Oh. And it, this is a debate which I've been thinking about for a while and then I saw brought up on the BBC Test Match commentary and thought, hmm, maybe maybe it's time to talk about this. Is it time to, instead of expanding the Fab Four to the Fab Five by adding Babarazan, oh. is, it, is it time to take Joe Root out and oh. keep the Fab Four as Coley, Smith, Williamson, Asm? Hmm. Um, I don't think it's time to take Root out just yet, but I would say that, I mean, Root is by far number five in, in that group of five and number four if you just count the original four um you know coley uh smith williamson and now Babrezen as well have all gone on you know they've they've justified the potential they had when they were just starting out as players um, and they have gone on and, and done really good things you know their averages have stayed up their, ad- their averages have just got better over time although um, coley's has dropped a bit now hasn't he is he he's He's, he's had, had a bit of bad form year. over the last sort of year, yeah. but not as long as route since he took on the captaincy. His form has decreased so then, kind of exponentially. And maybe the question is: isn't take root out of the foul four? Is give the captaincy to someone else? But who? Because Ben Stokes didn't do a great job on the yeah. in the West Indies yeah. um, tour, and then Butler, you know, vice captain, but kind of fighting for a place in the side. Oh, yeah. You, you, you want someone who's guaranteed in the side to... to who do you give uh, it to? 
You can't give it to any of the pace bowlers because they can be rested at any time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, uh, Ollie Pope's too young. The rest of the team is just too young. Yeah, so it's anyone. It's kind um, of Root or Stokes, and if yeah. you're going to trust Stokes, especially when you've seen the effect that captaincy has on England's batting, yeah. Stokes in the form of his life, probably also a man challenging Joe Root's place in that Fab Four. Yeah, do do you really want to be giving him the captaincy and saying, yeah, don't focus on your batting so much, try and be a captain? Yeah, it's true. Oh. You know. Then he's got a captain, he's got a bat, he's got a bowl, he's got a field. Yeah, it's yeah, such yeah. a... It's such Joe a, Root is a kind of the only man at the moment. I think... He, he, he's the of, only one that can be captain, but it is having an effect on his game. Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of what we see from this England team, I think Ollie Pope could be a candidate for to move up the order and be a future captain, but just based on how he's looking there, but not for a long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. Or no, bring up Joe simply if he stays consistent. And sort of about this technical issue of the ball nipping back in. Let me bring up Joe Root's uh, previous test inning scores. Um, yeah, because he scored that double hundred in New Zealand, but he didn't yeah. really make a big. And that was on a on an absolute road. Yeah, nothing yeah. the balls there. Um, and then he hasn't really made much in in the way of big scores, other than that for a, for a bit. Um, so. I mean, his average is out Coley's as well. Um, I'll, I'll bring up Coley's as well. But I mean, Root's average is 48. And he's averaging over 50 in, um, in ODI and Test cricket. Is, is that his career average or is it average this year? No, his career average in Test is, is 48. Yeah, uh, but that, that is because he was averaging, you know, 50 odd yeah. in his career. Um, have a look at his, you can find on like Crick Info or Crick Stats. His his uh, annual average. Um, Let me have a look for that. Um, but yeah, just just while you you do that, it's 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 difficult for Joe Root because of the captaincy. But we ca we have to start admitting that his form has suffered, and that maybe you know he he's not at the moment kind of on the same level as guys like Smith and Coley. Even Williamson. Williamson's, you know, in great form and, and right. His average um, by year. Um, his average in twenty nineteen was the lowest of his career. No, the second lowest of his career. Um, it was thirty seven, but it's actually gone up yeah. this year and it's gone up to forty two. But obviously, he's played less matches this year than he has last year. Still um, averaging thirty seven for Joe Root. You know, yeah. Dom, uh, small sample size, but Dom Sibley's averaging higher. Yeah, I mean, twenty. I mean, he played less. He played less matches. He played seven matches in twenty fourteen, but that was arguably the best year of his career. He averaged ninety seven in in twenty fourteen. Mm. Um, ninety three in his first year in two thousand twelve, but that's because he played one match and made ninety three. Um, that's why. Um, I, I think it will probably be the case that, similar to Alistair Cook, yeah, he's got to hang on for a bit, and then when he's relieved of the captaincy. Yeah, it, it might look a bit like a weight's come off his shoulder and he can start scoring again. But then by that point, he's reaching the end of his career, and it's just all the years that he's missed by this point, you know. Yeah, which is sad. Yeah, but, um, really sad. Um, we'll have to see how it goes. I mean, he averaged 60, 60 in in two thousand and fifteen. It's probably the most complete year of his career. Um, yeah, I scored one hundred and eighty-two not out then. Um, but he he still made two hundred and twenty six last year. That was his high score last year. But that was that was the one in New Zealand. That was um, that seemed 
it really seemed like a one-off. Yeah. He had that yeah. thing in the ashes of getting to 50 and then not getting past yeah. it. He well, had, it, it's always been, his conversion rate has always been a question. And yeah. then he, he had that double hundred in New Zealand on a pitch where, to be honest, Stuart Broad probably could have got a double hundred if, he, if he'd really applied himself. Yeah. Um, like, there wasn't a lot in it. So, it, yeah, it's, it was really, it's not looking great for Root in terms of his batting form. Like, he's a fine captain, and I think yeah, yeah. people were talking about his mediocre captaincy. I think he's actually been a pretty good captain, and, and that his win-loss record is, is pretty decent, uh, other than, you know, losing two Ashes series. But he didn't actually lose the last one, he drew it. Right, so um, I've got Virat Kohli up as well. Um, his average last year was 68. So already there's a, you know, they, they, yeah. even though he's, he's probably the second weakest of that group, he's still... Has he, has he dropped um, off this year a bit? He has, he's only played four, four innings this year um, with an average of nine. Yeah, he, he just, he, I, I knew I'd seen him recently and he hadn't got a big score and he looked yeah, yeah. dodgy. And... I mean, he's, he's scored 38 runs this year. Um, yeah, so it's a bit of a bit of a dark patch for Coley as well, but he's coming off a year where his form has been on it. Oh, and Joe Root's coming off a year where his form has been kind of steadily declining. Yeah, I mean, last year was, was probably, was, was the second worst year of his career, to go stats-wise. Um, yeah, yeah his, his captaincy is pretty good. You know, he's, he's grown into that. But what people's hope was that he'd grow into both the captaincy and at the same time, it would just be a, a short-term decline in his form just because of the captaincy. And he'd, he'd be back up when, when he got used to the captaincy. But that well, hasn't happened. Take Coley as the example. He's a man who's taking the captaincy like a duck to water. He yeah. loves, he's really, he's, you know, he, you see him on the field and he's divisive, but he's extremely emotive and, and passionate yeah. and really takes pride in, in leading his team from the front and being the man who gets the big runs. Yeah. Um, and we kind of haven't had that with Root. It, Root oh, no, yeah. Not, not that it's a fault in him. He's not like saying that he doesn't want to do it anymore. He just isn't like that. And it's not working. And, and he, yeah, uh, there's some difficult decisions for him in the next couple of years, probably. Right. Um, I've, actually, I've actually managed to find a way to separate them by their, their average after they become captain. Okay. Um, and, and actually, that, that's, that, that's the real, um, that, that's one where we get, you know, um, uh, the, the, yeah. the sort of insight. Um, so, um, Virat Kohli's played 55 matches as captain. Yeah, so he's quite a sizable chunk. Um, and his average as captain is 61. Um, and then you contrast that, Joe Root has played 42 matches as captain. So, you know, it's, it's still pretty quite, quite a lot. Pretty similar. And his average is 42. Mm. 42.5. So Which is not a bad average. Like, he's not a terrible oh, player. No, he's not a terrible. world class it's, it's not, not where it was. And given the, the promise that was there at the start of his career, it's, it's not the yeah. same. When you're um, having years where you're averaging in the 90s, like yeah. a, a, a step down to 40, it, it kind of... We know he's a world-class player, but on that average, he's kind of gone down into the good player bracket rather than the yeah. truly great player. Oh, bracket. yeah. So 
Definitely. Um, um, and, and, you know, if, if he'd have kept up that form, we'd be looking, ju- judging on the number of runs he scored and stuff, we'd be looking at another Alistair Cook. He, he could oh, be yeah. challenging that record. Oh, yeah, but definitely. He's, he's kind of dropped off a bit of a, a small cliff. I mean, if you just look at run scored aggregate, you know, as, since they become captain, Coley, I mean, he's, he's, had a, he's had a few more innings than, than, than Joe Root, but he scored almost over 2,000 runs more hmm. than Joe Root. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, and, it's and, unfortunate. And we, we discussed this a couple of episodes ago as well, where we said that, well, this is, is, is this a, um, I, 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 you know, is this a sign of a, of a terminal decline? And I think you said that he's still, he, his class is there, it's just the form at the moment. But given he hasn't justified himself, that the highest score he's made this year is 68. And before that, you know, it, it's very hard to think of, truly great innings that he's played, you know, where, where it's mattered, um, especially since he became captain. Yeah, because ultimately the New Zealand one, that was in a series that we yeah. lost uh, in a game. Did we win that game or were we losing it? I think we were losing it. I think it's a game we were losing yeah. in a series we'd lost. Um, you know, he, he doesn't, he's not been producing when it matters and, and that's unfortunate for him. And he, he seems to... It's one of those things which you don't see often in, in players of his calibre. It's not that he's getting done by great balls all the time. He's kind of finding ways to get out. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, he's, he's had a couple of runouts where he's been barbecued or he's barbecued someone or he's just, you know, should have, ball he should have pounced on and he's sliced it to a catcher or something. The the ball yesterday is a perfect example. Any Any player of his class would look at that and go, no, that's too full to cut. And he's cut it and edged it straight to the keeper. And it's just, it's those momentary lapses in judgment, which he's struggling with. Um, Oh yeah, definitely. And it it, it is just, it's, it it seems to be the shots and the demeanor of a player under pressure. You know, he's, he's obviously under pressure. Um, Obviously you've got the captaincy pressure, but also Joe Root is fundamentally, I mean, he has so much promise and he's he he has a potential to be such a great player for England but also he will know I mean he pushes himself hard as well so he will know that this isn't good enough and so it's not just the external pressure it's the the internal pressure as well that he will put on himself you know that I need to make a big score this is but he's just trying too hard to make that big score and he's forgotten what what makes him a great player and that that fragility under pressure yeah. has kind of translated into the team. That's the problem. Right. If we, you know, we've looked at the first innings batting, particularly the first innings after we've bowled first and the team's put up a good score. Yeah. Or a team's put up any score, to be honest. When Australia put up 200, we got bowled out for 67. Yeah. Heading, you know, we won that game thanks to miracles and sorcery and shenanigans. But <laughs> other than that, you know, it's... Yeah. It's that sort of psyche that I'm not saying he's introduced it to the team, but it's kind of translated from him into the team of when they get under a bit of scoreboard pressure, they collapse instantly. And yeah. Um, yeah. tomorrow we will have a stat because I'm going to look it up tonight. We will have a stat about under Joe Root's captaincy, how many times we've collapsed and made low scores like this and, and possibly comparing it to previous captaincies. Yeah. 
because um, it's been a, tr a problem with England for a while. Oh, yeah, it really has. And, and it's, it's clearly not a coaching thing because it's transcended different coaches. Um, and It's know, not a coaching thing. So is it a mentality thing? Because what, what we've ascribed it to in the past and what we, what we still ascribe it to is that there's this mentality that they have where they can't play under pressure. As soon as there's a slightest hint of pressure, that's it. Every, all, everything goes out the window. Everything they know goes out the window and they just play rash shots or they do, they, they do silly things because a lot of the run out, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the wickets that, are, that fall are because of silly mistakes. Well, you know, we can sit here and say that, you know, they, they are. They're, they're mistakes that hmm. you wouldn't think that a high-level batsman would make. They're and, sort of mistakes we would make. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know if it's, a, it's an entire inability to play under pressure because individually they can all, like yeah. we saw with but Josh Butler, he plays well under pressure. It's just that collective team pressure yeah. which bothers them and also first test matches of series for some reason. Because uh, as, as we saw in South Africa was probably the starkest example of this recently. First test match, destroyed, completely yeah. beaten by South Africa. Like, it was something like 200 run defeat, wasn't it? It was, yeah. big. It was, it was a huge defeat. And then they went out and made four, nearly 500 the next test match. Yeah. And you're like, what, 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 where was that? They seem to what keep it here. But at the same time, as I said yesterday, you can't rely on, on you know, losing the first test of a series and then winning the rest. And yeah. you, you can rely on it in South Africa. You can rely on it against the West Indies or Pakistan. Well, we'll, we'll see if they can rely on it against Pakistan. Probably not against Pakistan. You can... But you can't rely on it when you go to Australia. Yeah. yeah. Everyone is breathing down your neck. You don't want to get too complacent about it. Exactly. Exactly. But I, think, I think if they lose in Brisbane at the start of the next tour, that's it. Well, it, I'm not sure because particularly in Ashes series, it's a five test yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. So actually England, even though they lost heavily in the first test of the last Ashes series, if one test hadn't been drawn because of rain, they could have won and they were in a position to win that test. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a kind of tricky thing. It, it matters more in three test series like this oh, yeah. against strong opposition like this, but it's not panic stations right now. Yeah. Cause that was the key question I was going to ask you is, is it time to panic for England now? No, it's it, in this game, possibly in this series. No, it, it's not yeah. panic stations because England do this, they lose the first test of the series. And we don't want to get complacent about it and go, oh, they lose the first, but then they'll just win the rest. Pakistan are seriously good. And we'll come oh, on. They, they are. They, they, they are. They're a step up from the West Indies. High class. Yeah. But judging by history, England will do this. They'll get hammered in this first test. I'd almost be worried if they didn't. <laughs> and then they should, in theory, and based on past experience. Now I know just because it happened before doesn't mean it'll happen again and that's what we have to be careful of but based on the trend they should come back stronger in the next test and yeah. put up more of a fight and then stronger again in the next test and we'll see that because I, I think also if you look at the side at the moment we have to give them a bit of credit in that because it's such a young side um, you know, with Sibley and Burns and Crawley when he comes back and then Pope and stuff. 
what you have to look at is these series where they've lost heavily the first game, South Africa, West Indies, this one. Yeah. Well, they haven't lost it yet, but it looks like they're going to. South Africa uh, was probably the first time any of those young guys had played test matches overseas other than Burns he played in the West Indies. But a lot of these young guys hadn't played overseas. They'd never been bowled at by Vernon Valander and Kagito Rabada and all that. They they hadn't seen that before. The West Indies, Sibley, Pope, Crawley, all these guys, they'd not been they'd not seen Kemar Roach and Jason Holder and Shangay before. They hadn't played against them. And they especially now with such a young side as Pakistan, they've definitely never played against Shaheen Afridi, Nassim Shah, these guys, because they, they, they just haven't had the opportunity. And they learn fast, seemingly. And oh, they, they do. Well, this is what, one point you made in the overview was that this is a, one of the first times that Rory Byrne has faced left on pace. And yeah, uh, well, of, of this class, I imagine he's faced it in... in um, yeah, yeah, of course. But I don't think he... I don't think he ever got to face Mitchell Stark in the Ashes. Um, and Dom Sibley wasn't in the Ashes, so no. de- definitely didn't. Um, and, and so, so as, as we know, Rory Burns, but also now Dom Sibley, as we know, they, they learn very quickly and they can rectify their, their you know, they can, they can change things with their technique, especially because they're very young players. Hmm. You know, they're able to change their technique very easily. So, you know... Obviously, it's not panic stations for them because I imagine that they will, I mean, even now, you know, they'll go away to the nets and they will practice against left arm pace or, the, you know, they, they, they will they will work out what, they, I mean, the coaches will sit down with them and say, when you face a left arm pace, especially of this class, this is what you do. This is how you defend against them. This is how you play their shots. And so I think that Rory Burns especially will learn from that because he's a very quick learner. So for the next test, you know, they should, they, they should be all right. Uh, and the, the, there's loads of resources available to them. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure he doesn't want to help his homeland fall to England, but talk to Wazim Akram. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the best left-arm pacers in history. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He knows what to do. Even just watch him, watch tapes of him, watch his stuff. Nassim Shah, pretty similar bowler yeah. in, in what he well, does with the ball. Nassim Shah's action. Not Nassim Shah, Shaheen Afridi, sorry. Yeah. Nassim Shah's the right armour. He is, um, yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll come on to those guys in a minute. But also, you know, remember at the beginning of the West Indies series, post-South Africa, we were talking all about how Tom Sibley gets caught down the leg side. He can't leave the ball on his ribs. He fixed that. He's fixed he, he, it now. He wasn't caught down the leg side at all. On, and then there was also, we also had the criticisms of him facing the short ball as well. And he sorted them out as well. You know? So the, the, it's, it's just a small technical adjustment. Dom Sibley... Obviously, you know, don't change. He's a great player, but he does. He has to be aware that he does step across the stumps a lot. Yeah. And he is strong off his legs, but that ball that starts outside off and nips back into the legs, that's what he has to be careful of. And, yeah. and when you have a guy like Mohamed Abbas, who is arguably the best in the world at that particular ball, that's what he does. Not very fast, but just on a, on a line and length and then nips back yeah. in. You've yeah. got to... Adjust to that. Rory Burns the same. Left arm pace, it's a different angle. You can't drag your foot across as much. So it's stuff like that. Um, So England's batting performance was pretty woeful, as as we've said. And we've spoken about how Rory Burns and Dom Sibley um, and and some of the other young players in the team can go, you know, 
can go out and and sort of you know sort that out and and rectify things with the technique but i mean we spoke a bit about roots but we 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 spoke a lot about the issues there but we didn't say how can joe root you know what, what can you do now to, to sort this out because it is definitely it, it's not just a short-term dropping form now this is a this is a terminal thing at this point yeah i think the the easiest thing he can do is just try and have training sessions or net sessions when he's thinking right forget that you're captain just bat yeah. just go in the net do what you love bat um and obviously it's really hard because you've got to think you know what about captaincy and tactics and that and it's a hard mindset to change oh, yeah. out of. and and especially when he's not given time by his openers you know when he's in it four for one yeah he hasn't had that time to think and change the mindset but oh yeah at some point hopefully the openers will give him time i do and then he can kind of use that time in the dressing room to just go right i'm not captain anymore it's just time for batting that's what we got to do uh, yeah I, I really do think that it is it is just a mental thing of him being captain and if he can sit down with someone and and, and talk about that properly you know and just and just find a way for him to dis disassociate the captaincy from himself when he bats because he doesn't need when he's in the field obviously then he needs to be captain because that's when he has to make the decisions but when you're batting when, when you're out in the middle it's just you and 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 and, and the guy on the other side so yeah. if you don't need to be captain then because you're both equal partners in that um and 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 i think if, if, if he can disassociate himself there you know. But it, it, it's hard and, yeah. you know, it, it's really a difficult thing to do. Everyone, to some extent, struggles with it if they're not yeah. someone like Coley who really enjoys the captaincy. Oh, he, yeah, he, he loves um, it. Coley loves it. Yeah. And that kind of adds to him, whereas a lot of people it takes away. And then that's, that's yeah. the difficult situation. Um, but let's turn now from England's woeful performances. We haven't really talked about their bowling. It was, a, it was quite poor. It was. There were decisions think, made at the wrong times. Um, and I, think, I think the main thing, just yeah, we'll, we'll move on. I want to cover this quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we'll just yeah, just a quick thing with that um, is, it was that hour after lunch, as you said. You know, it was. Um, We're playing two spinners straight after lunch. Oh, it was yeah. Everyone runs. They were just trying to be. I think yeah, they were trying to restrict the scoring weight. They thought that there's only a few overs left, and there's only, there's not much time left before the new ball is available, the second new ball. So let's just play spinners to, to, to speed that up. But when you had Pakistan on the ropes with with your pace attack, carry on using your pace attack. Yeah, especially after lunch when they're gonna we're gonna when they're gonna be rested. Um it was yeah, it was just it wasn't the right decision. Con continuing my campaign, Don Best was hard done by, I felt, because oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Butler's mistakes meant that Best should have had at least three wickets. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if you count both of those chances on on um, Sean Masood as as, two, as one chance because it would have been one wicket. But yeah, um, he should have had three wickets. Also, that would have completely changed the complexion of the game if Sean Masood had gone on 45. Oh, yeah. Because, so, so Butler, this is no longer a case of his, his batting has been a bit poor or his keeping hasn't been the best. This is him costing England the game, his yeah. stuff. And that's a problem. Uh, so that's both my campaigns out of the way. Yay, Beth, Boo Butler, yay, uh, folks. I think <laughs> that Butler still gets, uh, he, he still deserves the chances that he's got. Well, 
Um, last time was meant to be his last chance, and then he kind of got it together, and now that was his last oh, batting he, chance, and now he's keeping. Yeah, but he's been his keeping's been great in the West Indies series. So he, so he well, has his keeping's been great over the last. Um, he's been he's been a brilliant. Last few years. So it could he's, just he's missed as many chances in this match as he has in the last two years. Yeah, but it could. So, just, it, I mean, it, it could just be you know, it's just he, he just having a bad couple of days. Yeah, but they're big, costly chances. Let, let's see how he does bo- uh, batting before we make any. Yeah. Um, and then Archer got three wickets, bowled pretty yeah. well, uh, was under bowled at times, but was bowling slow, really slow. He was 81, yeah, yeah. 82 miles Although an hour. He did say afterwards, he said afterwards that that old Trafford pitch wasn't and isn't a pitch that rewards pace, or he thought that it wasn't when, when he well, was. So he slowed the pace down. I'm but not sure about that. We did see Nassim Shah afterwards getting up to 90 miles an hour. Yeah. But at the same and time, Archer did, you know, as a, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that he didn't care. He said that in his, in his judgment, he thought it would be better if he bowled, yeah. if he slowed his pace down a bit. That, that's fair enough. And it seems to have worked. And yeah. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily jump on the whole thing of, oh, Jofra's not bowling yeah. as fast as he can because he's not bothered today. Like, he has a reason. Yeah. But you've got, you've got enough bowlers. Yeah. You know, you've got the greatest bowlers of all time at 83, 84 miles an hour who can yeah. swing it around and move it on, on a pitch like that. Just maybe a couple of overs. Yeah. Pure you know, you, you, can, yeah. you can slow yourself down to bowl what you think yeah. the pitch needs. But at some point, you just need to put the wind up them a bit. And I just would, have I would. a three or four over spell where you steam in and bowl yeah. fast. I, I would like to see, and I think they, he probably will do it in, in, in the next innings when the pitch is deteriorating a bit as well, is bowl, bowl some serious pace balls. So I'd like to see him bowl some short balls. You know, just, just bounce, that's, you know? that's what he's in the team. Yeah. And he, actually, I, I disagree with you on the short balls. I think he started to overuse them a bit. He's got a very good surprise bouncer. Yeah. And he started doing them three, four balls in a row, and yeah. that was overused. And you saw Sean Masood, the first one, oh, that was a bit quick. Yeah. The second, third, and fourth, <laughs> gone. Thanks. You, you're just too predictable. So, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying Archer's not turning up or not putting in the effort. He's a, he's a good bowler. And actually, we talk about how great Shaheen Shah Afridi is. Joffre Archer has played the same number of matches and taken four more wickets. He's oh, yeah. a good yeah. bowler. Joffre he's a, a very promising, promising bowler. Um, Again, it's just a question, and this is one that's played England since last summer: is how how to best use him. And it's the same question. Actually, it's the same question with Don Best. The, both both those two players are two very promising young players who can who well in Joffrey's case who have done great things for England, and Don Best who can do. But it's just how they're going to be managed by the team. And if, if Joffrey can figure out a time, uh, figure out a way to manage them, then they'll be all right. Joffrey has been managed better since New Zealand. Yeah, um, and he's actually been managed really well, and I like this. My worry was that he'd been told, uh, "Don't bowl fast today. Just come in and bowl yeah. a bit. Bowl a bit within yourself. Save yourself." That wasn't the case. What they've done is they've given him judgment and free reign, and yeah. said, "Do what you think for this pitch." And it's great to see him. You know, we know he's a clever and good bowler, but it's very good to see him assessing the pitch like that. Oh yeah, and and going. You know, I can bowl 95 miles an hour, but if if I want to take wickets on this pitch, maybe I have to bowl 85. Yeah. yeah. Um, but 
that that's really good to see. But it's, it's, it's I would have also liked to see just one spell, maybe two. Uh, I would like to see him bowl a bit more, you know, maybe one spell more, and just have that spell be okay. Three overs, intimidate them. Ninety-five yeah, yeah. miles an hour, hard hit the pitch, get it up there or on a length, and just whack it in the ribs, <laughs> whack it on the toes, yorkers, bouncers. Yeah, yeah. Intimidate them and make them yeah. worried about where they're going to play, especially you know against the tail. Um, so that that would be nice. But because I, I think I think the one one last thing is that they I think there does need to be a little bit more aggression from England in the next innings mm. because what's happened is I mean Pakistan have been great. Their their batting has been brilliant. Obviously their bowling has been spectacular. But in in their in their in their first innings. It was just as much that their batting was great as it was that England gifted them runs, you know. Yeah. And if there was more aggression, I think, yeah, they just just they just need to be a little bit more assertive. But yeah, we've, we've so got we, about twenty minutes left, and we, we on, haven't yeah. covered Pakistan nearly enough because yeah, we need to we need to talk we, about their, we, their bowling. You know, as England players, as England fans, sorry, not players, uh, we've talked about the England players and how poor it was yeah. today and stuff like that. Um, but we need to give credit to Pakistan. Oh, they, they, they are a high-class team. Fantastic yeah. team. And their bowling attack is phenomenal. It oh, is up there. Yeah. Um, you know, it is one of the best pace bowling attacks. Statistically, I, I think it's actually like fifth in the, yeah. in the rankings. You know, it's like uh, West Indies. Uh, I think it's like West, Indi West Indies, uh, India, Australia, Pakistan, us. Maybe yeah. so it's like fourth. I think it should be a bit higher than that. I think oh, yeah. the West Indies pace attack should go down those rankings a bit because they they they're good. They're very good, but they're not as as high class as Pakistan. Oh, yeah. Pakistan, um, there's some serious quality there, and also um, uh, Shahin Shah Afridi and Nasim Shah have a combined age of 37, and Jimmy is 38. So. so yeah. It's a pace. It's a pace attack for longevity as well. Oh, yeah. You know, um, and I. I don't know. But I mean, I. I say I don't know what the state of young Pakistani bowling is like. We're seeing it in front of us, but you know, you have guys like Mohammad Abbas and Yasir Shah who are not old, but getting older. Yeah. And so I, I think they probably, as Pakistan always do, have another fantastic pace bowler off the rank. Um, yeah. But the two they've got at the moment in the young players, the uh, Shaheen Sharafidi and Nassim Shah. Fantastic players. Amazing Fantastic. Players. So I, I, I watched a bit of Shaheen's bowling, especially against Joe Root. Yeah. This is, you know, Joe Root, off form, but world-class player. He had him in all sorts of trouble. He had him, he had was, him, uh, he had him reviewing at one stage. Mm, it was zipping around. It was, yeah. you know, Joe Root had a couple of leaves and they swung in and just missed the off stump. It was... It was a it, it wasn't actually as quick yeah. as Nassim Shah, but it was an exciting, intimidating yeah. spell of bowling with the ball moving around and doing lows. He's got great control of it. And Shaheen Shah is a fantastic player. And then Nassim Shah is just that actual pace. Such a, pace and oh, his action is amazing, you know. It's so and natural. Obviously he needs to tune it up a bit. He needs to kind of get a bit tighter. He's given away a few yeah, runs. Yeah. Ollie Pope actually played him really well. But he, had, he had some good shots off him. I think it, it, he needs to be tighter, but obviously part of that is down to the fact that he has a very naturally swingy action. 
So mm. it's going to be it's going to be a little bit looser uh, with, with 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 the lines, but it's still it's, it's an amazing action, and you can tell that it doesn't take too much of a toll on it on his body because mm. of how natural it is. So hopefully it means that he will yeah it, as, as as he goes on he'll be able to as long as he's managed right by the Pakistan team he'll be able to um, uh, avoid the sort of injuries that plague fast bowlers. Yeah. And, you know, it means that he'll be able to play as many matches as possible. Um, but it's such a good action. And it's, he, he's, he's, he's a great bowler. Speed. He's a really classy, raw, talented yeah. bowler. You know, you've got to have a, a certain degree of skill to be the youngest player ever to take a test hat trick. <laughs> that, I've seen it. It's fantastic. Oh, it's amazing. He's really, really quick and just, yeah. mm, it, it's a nice, nice bowling style to watch. Yeah. So, Mohamed Abbas as well with that, that um, um, the ball of the match. Though. Vernon yeah. Philander esque line and length. Took, took, um, straight on the seam, bounced up. Oh, oh amazing. He's very good at that. <laughs> very good at that. And it's nice to see. It's, it's nice to see if. <laughs> If we weren't England fans, it would be joy to watch. Oh, yeah. um, still is, but there's a slight tinge of, oh, oh this yeah. is for us. <laughs> um, but it's a real joy to watch them. And, yeah. you know, every cricket fan, I, I don't want to get, we, we, we shouldn't get too involved in the national team. Like, we're fans, we want them to oh, win. Yeah. We love but it no, when they but, team. But, but we enjoy watching but, it. But when even if they're getting trounced, if we're yeah. watching good cricket, we've got to oh, admire that. Yeah. It's, it's like the Australians. If it's the Australians, oh then no, no, no. Steve Smith could make could make five hundred not out, and we would not be happy. Yeah, we we secretly like watch it over and over and be like, this is great. But in front of everyone, we're like, nah, he's not that good. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's lucky. Yeah, definitely <laughs> that. But um, yeah, but, it, uh, great from Pakistan. We were surprised yeah. at the toss when they picked two leg spinners. That looks to be the right call. Uh, pitch is dry. It's turning um, England, this England team haven't had a lot of, well, outside of Root and Stokes and so on, but the young guys haven't had a lot of experience against high-class leg spin. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Yasir Shah can do. Um, especially if the openers stay in, you know, Sibley yeah. and Burns have both had their problems against spin. Yeah. Watching, what, you know, one thing at a time, stay past a new ball. Yeah. I mean, especially, I think it's because... It's just it's just a problem endemic to to English openers and well English batsmen as a whole because of the fact that as we said before, in our county structure in the domestic structure, leg spin doesn't usually feature as a big part and you know there's loads of reasons for that and they do need to be addressed but the fact is that these players will not have faced as much high quality leg spin as players in other countries you know especially Australians or you know even players in India or Pakistan so it's going to be really interesting to see how they. Um, react to, to leg spin. Yeah, I'm, I'm in favour in terms of the way they manage the conditions in the county championship. I'm in favour of making them relatively spin friendly. Yeah. Um, because we need to encourage good spinners into our team. We do, but then, then obviously then, then you've also got the other consideration of well we need to keep our pace bowling attack as good as it is at the moment yes but then both the batsmen and the pace bowlers learn to perform their art in conditions yeah, which aren't very yeah, friendly to them that's true um and then because actually the the problem for english bowlers has always been 
you get this lavish swing with the Duke's ball in the county championship. And then you go to Australia and it's a road and the kookaburra is dead and there's just nothing in it. And then you have problems. So I think that would encourage more pace and would also encourage better spinners where outside of England, most countries have to some extent spin friendly conditions. Um, You know, Australia don't, aren't known for spin friendliness, but they do get that bounce and the dryness which helps the spin. Um, you know, it's not going to turn prodigiously unless you're Nathan Lyon and you have voodoo magic. Um, <laughs> but other than that, you can get a lot of bounce and, and yeah. nip. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm in favour of, of quite spin. Maybe it's just me as a spinner talking. I'd like to see more spin-friendly pitches. It would be, yeah, it would be nice to... to, to see more spinners come through i mean we, we we do have quite a few off spinners um it's just yeah especially leg spinners yeah i think i think it's not just a case of conditions it's also a case of umpiring and not yeah calling wides and stuff yeah no, not calling as many wides. yeah we, we've yeah. talked about we've, that. yeah we've mentioned that now um, I'm, anyway I'm back, to, the, back to pakistan. pakistan yes um we spoke about their bowling their batting as well was was very good you know that the, the way that they they obviously they, they they scored boundaries, but they didn't they didn't rely on just boundaries. The quick singles that they took, you know, the ball I, there was one one um I think it was a single by Shan Masood. The ball went a meter outside the leg stump. Yeah, it was right there, but he was already halfway down the pitch before any of the England fielders came up to to grab it. And by the time yeah. he was there, you know, um, uh, it, it, the, the single was taken by that point. I think it's it's a very different innings if you if you get Shan Masood out on forty five. Yeah. Um. His his anchor role in that innings allowed Shadab Khan to come in and play with that freedom, allowed Babar Azam to score quickly. Yeah. He never really looked like getting out, other than the chances that were missed. But um, also, what this what this shows is this the sort of evolution of this Pakistan team, you know. 10, 15 years ago in, in the days of Inzaman, you know, that, that sort of running would have, would have resulted in a run out because of... Well, that's because, that's because of Inzi and, the, and the <laughs> that, you know, he, he, I could run 100 metres faster than he could. Um, yeah. And I'm but, not quite... You know, it shows the, the extraordinary fitness that they have, you know, yeah. these, these players. Um, but also it shows just how high quality they've got, you know, that they were able to do that without a run out. There was... Everyone commentating yesterday was saying that oh, there's going to be a run out soon, or yeah, it, it, it's coming, and it didn't. And and there was a few of these really cheeky singles, which even if yeah. they got a direct hit, they were pretty safely home. And yeah. Um, yeah. but yes, I, I I think Pakistan they're they're a better bowling side than England, and then their batting side is kind of similar to England in that they rely on key contributions from key players. However, the difference between them and England's batting is that their key players are all on form at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, all you need is, you know, Babarazm. You prob- probably, if you get Shan Masood and Babarazm early, you're going to have a good day against yeah. Pakistan. It's yeah. going to be a struggle for them. Oh, um, yeah. Also, just in terms of their bowling... Um, Nassim Shah, we talked about, he was a little bit expensive in this first innings, but it looked good. Judging by all their previous test matches in which I'd seen him play and heard about him playing, 
basically the, the dynamic appears to be Muhammad Abbas and Shaheen Afridi clean up in the first innings and then Nassim Shah usually takes five in the second innings. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll have to see that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good Pakistan yeah, team. It's, it's a very good team. Anyway. Now, I'm, I'm getting nervous because yeah. I've looked in our talking points and I can see yet again the, the heading quiz for Jacob. Quiz time is, uh, is upon us once again. <laughs> God, um, we've got about 10 minutes. Yeah, um, we've spoken a lot about, um, about test cricket and we've mentioned test cricket a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So I thought I'd give some love to... That's basically all we talk about in, inside and outside of this podcast. <laughs> but I think that what I will do is I will talk about then um, give some love to some of the um, uh, some of the shorter forms of our game. So Ooh. this quiz is: Can you name the leading ODI run scorers of the two thousands? Of the two thousands, yeah. and there are there are eleven players who have made over seven thousand. Um, ODI runs in the 2000s, so it's from 2000 to 2010. Can you name all 11? Oh, I couldn't. Probably not. Um, Rohit Sharma wasn't around then. He made a lot. Uh, yeah, he, it wasn't him. No. You've got to assume Chris Gale. Chris Gale's on there. Seven thousand yeah. three hundred. You have to assume. Uh, Gilly Gilchrist. Yes. He is actually number 11 on that list, 7,200. Yeah, that was kind of later in his career, but, but Gilchrist was one. Um, Jacques Callis? Yep, Callis is on there, 7,859. Oh, that's three. Um, Yuvraj? Yuvraj Singh is on there, yeah. Yeah. Um, one, one spot above Adam Gilchrist, 7,249. Virat? No, no. No? Uh, more 20 yeah. yeah. He's, he's definitely scored a ton of runs. Oh, he's scored loads of Sharma. If, if this was the decade after that, 2020, yeah. he'd, he'd be on there. I just couldn't remember when Virat debuted. Um, ooh... This is tricky, actually. Uh, it's I've got very um, Asia sort of. Inzima. Or... No. 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 No, Inzi. Um, no, there. It's a very subcontinent um, and Sri Lanka favoured list. I, oh, I, Sri Lanka, got to be Dilshan. No, Sangakara. Yeah, Sangakara is yeah. on there. Seven thousand eight hundred seventy-eight. Okay. Um, and then above one, one spot above. Kumar Sangakkara is, is another Sri Lankan legend. Angelo Matthews? No, not Angelo Matthews. Uh, Karin Naratna? No, no, no. It's not Murali. <laughs> it's definitely not Murali. Getting hold of bat Murali. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know it, who that uh, is. It's Sanath Jayasuriya. Oh, just yeah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> of course, three hundred and five ODI runs in that decade. Um, what so about the top of the list? There's there's an Australian at the top of the list. Um, Australian legend, captain, Ponting, Ricky Ponting. Yeah, nine thousand one hundred and thirty-three runs. Matthew Hayden anywhere on there? Hayden is actually in. 
he's he's actually in the top twenty. Um, Damn. But that's a uh, five thousand eight hundred and forty-seven. Oh, yeah. Um. So then we we've got four more, and I'm guessing large he's numbers number of the, number two on the list is is an Indian legend of, of the same time period. Oh well, how could I even forget Sachin? Yeah, Sachin. <laughs> I forgot how good he was at ODIs. He's he's you know brilliant. Eight hundred twenty-three um, runs there. Yeah. So Sachin, um, Rahul Dravid. Yeah, Rahul Dravid's on that list. Yeah. Um, Ganguly. Ganguly again is in is it is in the top yeah. twenty. Uh, Gavaskar. No, not Gavaskar. This no. is this is to be honest, it was probably after more weighted towards the end of the. 2000, so it's after Gavaskar. Uh, okay. Um, I'm missing two. Yeah. You mean nationalities? Another, um, so there's another Sri Lankan and a Pakistani. I'm surprised A.B. de Villiers isn't on there. Yeah. Well, this is, again, this is probably after his time. Uh, this is before his time. Oh. Yeah. Sri Lankan, another Sri Lankan. Uh, Jai Wardner? Yeah. Yeah, seven thousand six hundred seventy-six. And a Pakistani, uh, Yunus Khan. He's he's number three on this list. Um, so, so it's not Inzi. Uh, I feel like I'm missing someone really obvious. So his second name begins with Y. Not Wakar Yunus, he was a bowler, wasn't he? No, not, not Wakar Yunus. I was like, what? <laughs> um, no, I, I couldn't tell you. It's Mohammed Yusuf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got all right. I got like eight. You got, well, uh, to be honest, obviously you had hints, but you did get, you got 10 out of 11. Oh. Pretty decent score. Pretty decent score. <laughs> right, well, that's... Uh, Very good. T20s next time I shall read up. Although I think um, that list, if obviously that was for the last, the decade before the last one, if we did it for 2010 to 2019, obviously there was not, a, there's not a single English player anyway in the top 20 on that list. Um, so how different would it look if it was the last decade? You know, I think I think there'd be a lot of English players on. I that. could I could give you a couple. Uh, so maybe that's for next time. I'd I'd, yeah. I'd put some money on. I put a, a good bit of money on people like Jason Roy, Joss Butler, Ben Stokes, um, maybe Johnny Bairstow, yeah. Owen Morgan, yeah, um, and then probably Virat. Rohit Sharma, I think, is now the yeah. leading run scorer in ODIs of all yeah. time. I think he's a leading run scorer, and he also holds a record for highest ODI score ever. Yeah, so he he's yeah. a he's a big hitter. Yeah. Um, Big row hit. Uh, MS Doney's probably probably on that list. He's a he's a big boy. Doney's actually in the top twenty on on this list as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's probably in there on the twenty ten. Okay, uh, let's finish up then with star player moment of the day and word to describe the day. All right. So star player for Pakistan for me, um, Shan Masood. He he anchored that innings. You know, really got them the big scores. So yeah, him. Um, for England, I mean, there's only one, and that's Ollie Pope, because everyone else had a bit of a, I mean, a very poor day. 
so yeah, um, Oli Pope, moment of the day has to be Mohamed Abbas taking that wicket of Ben Stokes because not only was it probably the ball of the match and one of the best deliveries I've seen, it was also the moment where we thought, ah, dear, this is, this is now not going to be pretty for England um, because we don't have Ben Stokes to save us now. Um, and to get Ben Stokes out on the duck for Pakistan is a huge moment because it means that you've neutralised, you've, you've single-handedly neutralised Engl- England's single biggest attacking threat. Mm. So yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's my moment of the day. Word to describe the day, I'm going to go with a um, English perspective on this and just say poor. There's no other word for it. It was just poor. I'm going to agree with you on star players for the same reasons yeah. um, because there's really no other. Maybe... Maybe if you discount um, Sean Masood, you could go uh, Shaheen Afridi for just a, a hostile spell of bowling. But that, you know, Sean Masood today. Yeah. Sean Masood's test match, as far as I'm concerned. He can have it. Um, yeah. Moment of the day, Sean Masood's enormous six. Yeah. Over, yeah. over um, well, not even mid-on or mid-off, just straight down the ground. Huge, almost out the park. It was just, it was yeah. big. It was it was made me happy um, and sad in equal measure. Yeah. And then words to describe the day. Uh, I'm not going to try Urdu again, but uh, Pakistani. It was a Pakistani yeah. day. It was. It, was, it was great for them. And in five minutes, we shall witness yeah. possibly the further destruction of our nation. So let's go. Okay. So five minutes before um, day three begins of this first test match. So we shall leave you here. Um, and we will be back tomorrow with the events of day three. And we'll see then if it's, if it's again, a heavily Pakistani way today. We'll see how bad England are um, at that point. But anyway, that's enough from us now. So thank you very much and goodbye. <laughs>